Hello, and welcome to Do Tank Presents, a monthly podcast highlighting game changers, leaders, and innovative minds from across the globe. Today on the show, we bring you an interview with Melissa Monbouquet, the executive director of the Build Health Challenge. So, what is the Build Health Challenge? In a nutshell, the Build Health Challenge is a national initiative using community-driven partnerships to reduce health disparities caused by system-based or social inequity. Through awards, fundings, partnerships, and custom tools, Build empowers communities to take control of their own health outcomes, transitioning the ownership of health outcomes from boardrooms to real community members. And Melissa Monbouquet is at the helm of this thriving community. Are you interested in human-centered design, community-based approaches to healthcare, and visual tools? If so, stick around to the end of the episode to learn more. So, Melissa, what are the goals of the Build Health Challenge, and what do you hope participants will walk away with? Yeah. Um, So BUILD is a national initiative that supports community-centered partnerships that bring together community-based organizations and residents with health departments, hospitals, and health plans to address a community priority for them. Those community priorities often create systemic changes that will improve equitable health outcomes down the line. And so we really hope that the recipients of the BUILD Awards are creating sustainable changes in their community that will drive positive health outcomes um, for the long term. A community can relate to a lot of different things. Who do you hope this work will impact the most and who are your desired participants? Yeah, so the BUILD model is built around community-based organizations. So those are organizations providing social services that are really community-based, grassroots organizations, really connected to residents and their priorities, um, along with those residents themselves. So making sure that they have a voice at the table um, and the institutions that are supporting health in our community. So those healthcare partners like hospitals, health systems, and health plans, um, and your local public health department. Um, they all have a really strong interest in making sure that our health is as strong as possible. And so bringing them all to one table to address a priority highlighted by the community members is how BUILD thinks about changing health in the community. How does the Build Health Challenge promote sustainable partnerships? What should coalition partners be considering before they collaborate on this work? Yeah, so Build's real role is that we do provide funding, really flexible, unrestricted funding um, for this type of work, the backbone support of these partnerships. Um, And we also make sure that we incentivize others to make similar commitments. But then more importantly, we provide resources and a network to help support the work of these community partnerships. We want to make sure they have everything that they need to succeed. So that includes things like access to technical assistance and coaching, access to a peer network where they can talk to others who are embarking on this work, um, connections to other national and local players. Um, And it's really important that they have that because this work is challenging. It is very difficult. Funding is not a solution alone, but figuring out everything that is needed for communities to thrive. And I think in terms of what coalition partners should be considering before they collaborate, I think coming in with the learning mindset is really important. A lot of us are experts in our own fields, or our own space, um, but that's why cross-sector collaborative work can be uniquely challenging and complex Um, to come into a room where you're working with people who are coming in with a different mindset and a different approach and a different set of resources, but also barriers. I think being realistic about your commitment to the work um, and what you bring to the table, being creative about that too is really important. 
And I think finally being flexible. <laughs> if we've learned anything since 2020, it's that um, the best laid plans rarely go as expected. And so um, being able to say, you know, this is what's happening and this is how we can adapt and this is how we're going to remain committed is really important to the long-term success of these partnerships. Inclusive healthcare is inherently human-centered. Can you speak to the role of community members in this coalition? What makes their inclusion so essential? Community members are really at the heart of what the BUILD partnerships are doing. Solutions that are co-developed with community members aren't just like a nice thing to do or a feel-good practice. It's really essential for them to be effective. Um, when community members are part of the decision-making process, the planning process, the evaluation process, they're being done with the local context in mind, the structural, cultural, political, economic um, context of where this work is happening. And so they're more likely to work, ultimately, at the end of the day. They, I think, are also more likely to bring to light issues with some of the interventions that health departments or hospitals are likely to do, even not even community-based organizations. When they have these really well-intentioned feedback loops, don't always capture what's really happening in that translation from organizational design to practice on the ground in the community. People want to thrive. They often know exactly what is holding them back from being able to do that and what they need to move forward. So if you think of lived experience as expertise, then why wouldn't you want all the experts at the table? And community members are more than willing to talk about these issues, I assume. Right. I and mean, there's a lot of reasons why people can't always participate in initiatives like this. But if you design it, that provides space for that, provides incentives for that, eliminates the barriers to that, then yes, I think folks are always willing to share their perspective and their experience and what would make it a better one for them to go forward. Can you tell us how utilizing these tools have benefited your team through strategic planning and how these tools have bridged different perspectives or de-siloed communication? You know, it's part of our learning process. What are the things that we see across 55 communities? What are the learnings that we can elevate um, from builds, you know, coming up on 10 years of existence. Um, these tools are really exemplary of all of that learning and of what we see that are sort of the backbone of this type of work. So it's kind of like a back and forth. You use the tools and they change your perspective and then your new perspective help change the tools. I think that is really true for build in general, that we have a very cyclical learning practice that we learn from communities. We embrace what we learn from communities, and then we help provide resources so that they can continue on that work. That's generally how we've approached our understanding of a lot of the things that built communities are working on. What is the benefit of encouraging coalitions to work with visual tools? Partnership work is hard, as I mentioned earlier. Like It is really challenging. It requires commitment and time and trust and some ambition. Um, flexibility, as we've said a few times. And so I really think these tools are a great resource to help resolve some of the common issues that come up early. Are our visions aligned? Do we understand each other's roles and capacities and limitations? Who needs to be at the table and how do we make sure they can be there? They are a visual roadmap, but also just really help folks have those first tough conversations that can often separate and divide before the work even gets started. When you're working on these really complex issues at a community-wide scale, it can feel really daunting to even get started. So by having a set of 
these very clear tools and activities that are very like discreet and manageable early on in the process. It gives a framework for partners to get started and to make sure that they're like thinking practically and addressing issues before they become stumbling blocks. As you take the helm of this project, what are your hopes for the future of the Build Health Challenge? Yeah, so I have been with Build since it started in a number of different roles um, and stepped into the executive director position at the start of this year. In 2019, when we first started working with Dutank and we did the first set of tools, the first tool in the set is about envisioning what you hope your work will be through the lens of drafting your dream headline down the road about your initiative. And so we did that. We went through that process with our funding collaborative and our staff. And our headline was something like build sunsets because the communities no longer need these resources. And so for me, that's my dream too. put ourselves out of a job that we don't build philanthropic funding is not needed. You know, I think it's a big ambitious goal that justice is achieved and health equities are diminished, that community power lives in community hands and that we can cut spending on healthcare because we have increased our focus on effective and community driven social supports. Ultimately, Build's goal is to reframe health, um, to understand how the social, economic and cultural context of where we live, work, and play impacts our likelihood of achieving our optimal health. And so that will take a very long time. Um, and Build is obviously just a small cog in that wheel, but I'm really inspired by our communities daily and hope that what Build can do is show others out there that this collaborative community-centered approach does work. Do you have any community stories that make you feel like you're moving closer to this sunset moment? The communities are working on a whole variety of different issues. They choose what they want to work on. So that can look like housing or um, access to healthy food or transportation, education, social isolation and wellness, all sorts of different things that impact your long term health outcomes. But one of the things we do is we look at where systems changes are happening. And so that means shifts in funding, shifts in ways of working, shifts in regulatory or public policy that can support these shifts in the long term. And so, I mean, we have literally dozens of examples of that, but I get really excited about the work that a lot of the work, but um, one example is probably the team from New Brunswick, New Jersey. They initially started out with Build working on a community health worker model, connecting residents in two neighborhoods in New Brunswick to um, health and social services through community health workers that were community residents and trained to be health workers. They have shifted that model to also be a tenants association and to really advocate for um, healthy housing and, and support in this community. Um, during COVID, that became incredibly important where people were in their homes a lot and did not necessarily have access to resources within the, these neighborhoods. And so last year, the community members, um, after receiving training through the partnership, advocacy training, um, and more knowledge around what their rights were, uh, were able to go to city council and testify and get a policy passed around price gouging for utilities like water. That was happening in a lot of the rental homes there. Um, and that was something that they identified as an issue they wanted to work on. The community council members said, you know, this is what the process is supposed to look like, you know? And so that training and that support will ultimately lead to them having better health because they have a safer home to live in and can't be taken advantage of as so many community members are. And so seeing that power built up was really exciting and inspiring to me. 
Um, and our lead on the project there also just got elected to the city council. So that is extra exciting that we know the work that they're doing has really long-term implications for the city of New Brunswick. Thank you for listening to another episode of Do Tank Presents. A special thanks to our guests, Melissa Monbouquet, and everyone at the Build Health Challenge for making this work possible. If you or your organization want to improve health outcomes through community-based approaches, visit buildhealthchallenge.org to learn more. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you soon.